Ion 2020 episode 166. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020, that place that you come to Monday through Friday for the news, the events, all those things that go on in this crazy 2020 election that we are looking at. This insanity that is going on among the candidates, the Democrats, and the Republicans. You don't see too much out of the Libertarians or any of the other third parties right now. This is not their time to shine. This Their time to shine will kind of be next summer just because that's when they start nominating their candidates as well as getting on the main stage they might even get themselves like their little own, their little third party debate going on or something like that i believe the even the uh fox news had a libertarian debate on the stossel show back then as well and for just the libertarians but you might see something like that but that's not their time to shine right now uh, you do have people within the libertarian party that are kind of you know, dipping their toe in the water, seeing if they're going to run and stuff like that for the Libertarian nomination. But most of it right now is on the Democratic ticket. And the reason why is because they are the ones that are getting all the press right now with the debates and all the things that are going on around their Democratic nomination that's going on. So they're going to start having their debates. And they can, they've had a couple of debates in the past. They have several debates coming up very soon. And they're going to be going on through debates probably through February, March, and even April, depending upon if people start to drop out. Republicans, on the other hand, they just have their Donald, they just basically have Donald Trump right now, and he's running, but there's a few people that have kind of dipped their toe in the water, said they might try to run against Donald Trump, try to stir up the pot a little bit with William Weld. Mark Sanford, the, the governor of South Carolina has kind of dipped his toe in the water as well. Kind of was he was on some of the news stations over the weekend talking about his possible idea that he might decide to run against Donald Trump. He was the governor of South Carolina. I don't know if you remember him, but Mark Stanford back in the day, he was the one that was supposedly hiking the Appalachian Trail when he ended up coming out saying that he was having an affair with somebody that was like from Argentina, and he ended up. I don't know that he stepped down. I can't remember if he stepped down from the South Carolina governorship at the time or not. I know that they were trying to push him out, but I don't know if he ever did step, you know, decide to step out of that position. I didn't live in South Carolina back then when that happened, but that's how you would know him. Now he's, I believe he's a congressman from South Carolina, but I think he, in 2018, he got the boot because... Because he just, I, I think he got primaried or something like that. Some of that, because he wasn't very supportive of Donald Trump. So somebody that was more supportive of Donald Trump ended up running in South Carolina. It just shows that South Carolina is truly a Trump state. And anyway, so that's what's going on with the with the elections. That's where the popular, that's where most of the popular opinion, most of the news stories are going to be at, are going to be on the Democratic and the Republican tickets. Um, obvious, honestly, third parties hardly ever get too much 
publicity anyway. You guys know that. Um, it's very rare that you'll see them on the news, but you might see a little bit here and there, and there might be like a minor news story or something like that that'll show a little bit about a third party. Maybe, you know, I remember Gary Johnson was able to get on TV in 2012. In 2016, he was able to get quite a few more appearances just because they seemed like they were, they were a little bit more legitimate of a ticket until he started making all these gaffes and stuff like that. Then it kind of just all went downhill from there. Um, but that's just the way the news media is, you know. They'll try to, they'll try to pick up on anything they can to make a story. That's, I mean, that's what they do. But hey, guys, um, thank you for joining me today. This is Ion Twenty Twenty, and this is obviously your source Monday through Friday for the news and the events that are going on in the twenty twenty election. Uh, if it's your first time listening, welcome. This show takes a libertarian take on the twenty twenty elections, and I just want to make sure that all the libertarians out there are well informed about all the candidates and their policies and their positions so you can make an an informed decision and also have just conversations with your friends about libertarian issues, the libertarian movement, and how libertarians can make an impact in the elections. Not just, I mean, obviously a libertarian's never going to, probably won't ever get elected. It's, you know, the the Republicans and Democrats are pretty well entrenched right now, but at least we can start to you know, have part of the conversation and that you will be informed about those candidates so you can get into those conversations as well. So that's my goal every day, Monday through Friday. That's what I do. So uh, thank you for joining us. Go ahead and subscribe to the show if you want to hear the show tomorrow. And you can also listen to 165 episodes previous to this. I guess you, you, that would take a long time because each of those shows are 30 minutes long. But if you scroll through, you find the show that you're interested in listening to, then go ahead and listen to it. It might you know, might might spur some interest in you. And uh, Anyway, but then also, if you have been listening for a while and you like what you hear, I always appreciate a five-star rating and review on whatever podcatcher you are listening through, okay? And those five-star ratings and those reviews, they do help a lot in the idea that if somebody's searching for a libertarian podcast, they find this one. And you guys know, for me, what I'm trying to do is stir some kind of movement that's going to start pushing people towards liberty. And that comes through me doing this every day. But most importantly, it comes through you having the information that you need to share with your friends and kind of just sprinkle some seeds of liberty across across America, you know? And the more people that are listening to this show, the more seeds that we can start sprinkling. That's kind of my goal, is just to start changing that culture, changing people's ideas about how they want to interact in government and how the expectations that they have of their government, because everyone seems like they have these crazy expectations of their government, that the government should do this, that, and another thing, and also they should... Um, you know, take care of everything else that you can possibly think of. That's what the, this just seems like that's the culture that we live in nowadays. And I just think that that's something that we need to start slowly changing. And that's going to only happen through more and more people deciding that they don't think that the government should do the things that it does. And I just, I, I think that the government does way, way, way too much. So, uh, but anyway, guys, Appreciate that you do continue to come listen to the show. You can also support the show if you want to, anchor.fm slash ion2020. There you can just click on a little button and it'll let you support the show uh, if you would want to. I also have a secret Facebook group and that'll get you into that if you go and support the show. Um, 
which is nice to have those little conversations. I would try to bring some some new conversations up on a daily basis if possible. So uh, go ahead and jump into that as well. And then you can follow me f- on Facebook. I on the Empire is where you would type in, and I'm also I on the Empire.com. You can check me out on Twitter as well. So boom, there you go. You got plenty of ways to contact me. But if you really want to just get right into it, you can just ray at I on the Empire.com is where you can find me as well. All right, first thing I wanted to talk about today, though, let's get off of all of that. First thing I want to talk about today is, it was interesting, if you look at a lot of uh, news stories, I, I scroll through news story after news story after news story constantly, and it seems like all of them are about Trump. So if you go, especially like, if, I don't know if you ever pull up your I, your iPhone, but if you scroll over to the, or if you slide over to the left, it'll have the news stories that come up. And just about every single day, every single one of those is about Trump. There's very rarely something else other than Trump this, Trump that, Trump another thing, and everything else. So every so often I'll click on these, and it'll be a, it, the headline will be about Trump. But then if you get the news story, there's not really that much that they could tie Trump into the story about. But they still try to, and the reason why is because Trump sells negative publicity about Trump sells. It's it's clickbait, and it really is. And it's just it's interesting the way that it gets framed. But I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. <clears throat> the news is always going to do that. I mean, they did it in Barack Obama's time as well because people, especially like the Tea Party movement, they were terrified that Barack Obama was going to like socialize medicine and that they were going to take over the economy and everything else. So these people got inspired in the Tea Party movement. They had rallies, they had all kinds of different things, but these people were willing to click on news about Barack Obama because they wanted to be informed about what was going on, right? That's just the way it was. So every story back then would have been about Barack Obama because those are the people that are most likely to click on that news story. When there's negative negative publicity about Barack Obama. So there would be lots of stories at the time, I'm sure, about Barack Obama that were trying to link something to Barack Obama, especially on Fox News. Especially on Fox News and right-wing media outlets and stuff. Because these... Tea Party people, they were pissed back then, man. I mean, I remember being involved in that Tea Party movement in some ways. Like, I wasn't involved where I was actually doing stuff, but I went to a couple of those little rallies, and it was always about fiscal responsibility within government. Like, they kind of left out all of the social issues that you talk about, like abortion and um, gay rights and all that stuff. Like, these conservatives were willing to set all that stuff aside and kind of push towards just these fiscal responsible issues within government. And then you got a lot of Tea Party people that moved moved into the Senate and into Congress because of that. But all that clicking that was going on, those are the people that were interested in politics at the time, right? Those Tea Party people, they were just interested in knowing what was going on, so they were most likely to click. And now it's the same way with Donald Trump. Like, if you look at the people on the left, they are very much opposed to Donald Trump. And they're willing to click on all of those articles that come out. So every single article, no matter what, it seems like to me, they're trying to some way tie it to Donald Trump if they can. And I think the New York Times even said that that's what they're trying to do is they're just trying to tie everything to Donald Trump so that it'll keep readership up. And there's a, that's a lot of propaganda that goes along, with it, especially if you're the type of person that only listens to the, or only reads the headlines or watches when they're watching TV, and you're just have it on mute. But you see the headline, 
if they could just tie it all to Donald Trump, then it seems like the entire world is falling apart because of him or whatever. And it kind of changes perception. But it also changes the people that are going to defend him to defend him even harder, too. So it's just a little division thing. I just, I mean, it happens on both sides of the aisle, like I just said. It's just, to me, it's interesting that, um, that the media does that because you would think that they would at least try to be slightly unbiased. But you know what? We all know that they're not. So, um, but let's move on to the other topic that I want to talk about as well. Um, I don't know if you guys were listening to Donald Trump when he was doing, I get, he had a campaign rally in New Hampshire over the weekend and I didn't get to see it. I try to watch some of these rallies, just like I try to watch the debates, just so that you can be more informed about what's going on so I could pass that information on to you, right? I do that. So I try to watch his rallies, and it's always interesting that when you listen to him speak, because he gets the crowd going. He really knows how to move that crowd and get them to anger and get them to feeling the, the nostalgia that you feel over you know your candidate and stuff, and it's interesting to watch, but... Um, and one thing I noticed in that speech when he was talking to the people in New Hampshire, it was very similar in, to the speech that he gave in, uh, North Carolina in Greenville a couple, I think it was Greenville, North Carolina a couple weeks ago. And I kind of talked about that on one of my shows, but he links it into, he says, we are the greatest movement, the greatest political movement in the history of the world or something like that. And but he keeps on calling it we, like us and we. He uses those terms as if he's building the movement, but it's not him. He never refers to it as him. He refers to it as us. And those are subtle little things that he's doing in order to get the people on board with him. And I, I don't know if it's going to work specifically, but it seems to work because if you feel like you're part of a movement, then you start inviting your friends into that movement too. And that's going to allow people to start really just get involved in this campaign with him and uh and like i said it's a subtle psychological thing but i think it's something that works in the minds of people especially people that are already predisposed to believe what he's saying and also in the minds of those people so they're going to get out there and rally their troops and get their people on board as well um so yeah i mean i think it's a it's a good psychological manipulation in some ways but uh we'll see how it works but i just noticed next time you're watching one of those one of those um rallies that he does just keep an eye just listen closely and see it because he's not really taking all the credit for himself and you think that he would because he's very much a guy of ego but he's trying to make it sound like he's putting away that ego in some ways because this is our movement guys that's what it kind of like sounds to me but then the one headline that you have from this thing let me go ahead and play it for you guys okay because um he said something during that and i just wanted to address it so let me go ahead and play it. So I won the election. The markets went up thousands of points. Things started happening. You started doing things that you would have never, even though I didn't get sworn in until January 20th. But they refused to do that. And let me tell you, if for some reason I wouldn't have won the election, these markets would have crashed. And that'll happen even more so in 2020. See, the bottom line is, I know you like me, and this room is a love fest, I know that, but you have no choice but to vote for me because your 401ks, down the tubes, everything's going to be down the tubes. So whether you love me or hate me, you got to vote for me. 
so you listen to that, right? It's um, it's interesting because he's taking a lot of credit for the economy. He's saying basically right after the election was over with, I wasn't even in office yet, and the stock market starts going up like crazy. It did drop like a thousand points as soon as it showed that he won, but then it went right back up, and then it start it did it started going up like crazy over the next couple of months after the election, and. To be honest with you guys, I think it's because of the uncertainty of whether Trump or Hillary was going to get elected. There was so much division going on at that time when he was going through all this. When they were, when he was going through the election and he was going against Hillary, I think there was just so much uncertainty that there was a lot of pent-up um, demand for stocks or whatever that caused it to go up. Like a lot of people were not investing at the time. People slowed their investment just to see what happens. And then whenever he did get elected, then there was a lot of positive news about the possibility of a better economy. So yeah, that does inspire consumer sentiment and inspires investor sentiment and so forth that yeah, we're going to have somebody in office that is going to be friendly to business and friendly for economic reasons and so forth i don't think that things would have tanked just because hillary was getting elected though like he says i don't think if she would have won i don't think everything would have tanked because she's kind of the status quo and markets love status quo markets like certainty that is that's key to investor is that when i look a year two years three years ten years into the future I can invest with confidence that not a lot is going to change. Markets love that. So that's why it's true that whenever there's a divided Senate or, or divided government, so if you got a divided Congress and a divided executive branch, the legislative and executive branch, when, is, when there's division, not a lot of new legislation gets done, not a lot of legislation that's going to be huge changes are going to get done right and that's a good thing for the markets because they know for certainty that the status quo is going to reign for the next two years or two to four years depending upon how long that president's going to get elected or until the next president gets elected or until the next house and your congressional um election and so forth so when you're thinking about that, Donald Trump gets elected, the economy starts, not the economy, the stock market starts going up. That's only because of certainty. Now, the economy had been going up in an upward trajectory since like 2000, I think it's 2009 or 2000, yeah, 2009. So it bottomed out. I remember back in 2006 or so, the stock market was right around 15,000, and then it went down to 12,000, and then the so over the course of like a year or so, the stock market goes down to 12000 And then by the time Barack Obama gets elected in 2008, I think it was 2009, it hit bottom around April at like 6, the, the Dow Jones was at like 6500 right? And I remember looking at that, thinking to myself, this is a buying opportunity. And I think I remember investing in Ford stock at that time because they were one, they were the company that did not take the bailout. And Ford stock went down to like $1.50 a share or something like that. And I bought a bunch of shares at that time. And I'm selling them at like um, 8 or $9 a share like a year later or so. And the reason why is because it's just, you know, it just seemed like the right investment to make. But the stock market at the time, just went down, 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 but it's been going up ever since, like, I think it was April of 2009, 
the stock market has continuously gone up. Now, there's been those times where it go down, it'll go down five or ten percent, but then it'll continue to cr- climb up. But it wasn't Donald Trump that sparked that. That was just the fact that the economy was at the lowest point it had ever been, and then all this fiscal stimulus and all that just overinflates the stock market. I think right now that we have an inflated stock market, and it's not just like Donald Trump getting elected did not make the economy just start booming. It was already starting to move in that direction, and then slowly the the uh, unemployment rate starts going down. All the economic indicators slowly start going in the right direction. Even Donald Trump was saying in 2015, 2016, during his campaign, that there was huge challenges and that there was that the full employment wasn't real because. You know, there was so many people that were not even looking for work and so forth, look and, and all that. So, but now Donald Trump takes all of this on himself based upon what he said there. And then he says this, and this is the most interesting part, right? You have no choice but to vote for me. That's what he says. And then he talks about your 401ks are going to, you know, fall apart and everything else if, if he does not get reelected. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I look at that statement and it seems a little conceited and it seems a little cocky to me to say that um there are things that donald trump has done to kind of spur business growth and so forth right like by cutting cutting the uh, taxes on business cutting them down from like 35 down to 25 percent that does put money back in the pockets of the business that they can use to reinvest and so forth a lot of people say oh corporate tax cuts are terrible blah 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 that's what a lot of the um like people on the left would say but corporate tax tax cuts no matter what they're paid by the consumer anyway so lowering the tax taxes on these corporations it helps the consumer to get lo- maybe the corporations will have higher profits and so forth but those things will get turned back to the consumer in some way by lower prices because of the competition but beyond that those are things that are good for the economy overall is those tax cuts on those corporations because they're able to reinvest and so forth now when when he says that you have no choice but to vote for me that's the only thing that he's really done i think that's really spurred on the economy in some ways and maybe got us down to the lowest unemployment rate since like 1951 that may have helped that out a little bit um but the stock market has been at record highs for like the last two years now that's true i don't i just don't know that i would give donald trump complete credit for that though um because things were going pretty well under obama not to defend obama um and not to take anything away from donald trump i just think that if he's leaving all of his laurels on the fact that if you don't reelect me things are going to go to hell I just think that things are probably going to go to hell in some ways anyway because we have a stock market bubble. We really do. I mean, there's, there's, I said this probably two years ago. I wrote it on like a, I think it was on Tom Woods, um, one of Tom Woods' Facebook pages or something like that, that I, and this was back when the stock market was at like 20,000. I said, I think that's probably going to go like 28,000 because there's so much money on the sidelines right now because the, the Federal Reserve, printed so much money or not not necessarily printed it like on a printing press but they put so much money into the bank's accounts and the banks were actually paid by the federal reserve to sit on that money and not loan it out there was like trillion like three trillion dollars on the sidelines that was not loaned out but now that money's slowly starting to get loaned out 
and that was like two years ago when I, when I, when I started hearing about that. And I said, if that's the case, there's $3 trillion on the sidelines. That money is going to get spent. That money is going to get borrowed. That money is going to get invested. You're going to see some economic development because of that. And all the stock buybacks are go- that are going on with these banks, not the banks, but the, the corporations that are bu- doing all their stock buybacks and stuff, that's inflating the price of their stock as well. So there's inflationary pressure on the stock, on the assets, and that's going to cause the stock prices to go up. But what happens when all that, all that money dries up? Then you're going to see things kind of start to crumble. And you, I think you're starting to see some signs in that now. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not no economist, so I'm not an expert on that stuff. But you do start to see some signs of that now with the inverse, inverging of the year, yield curve. Um, I think that there's weakness in the economy because of that. And I just don't think that if you if Donald Trump is going to say you have no choice but to vote for me because everything's going to fall apart, I don't know. That's a dangerous thing for him to say. And I don't think that that's going to be a convincing argument for people to go elect him. Now, this is my other thought on this entire issue. If you have somebody like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren who's going to make who's going to be going way outside the status quo, that's going to be a change agent, right? That And they get elected. So Donald, let me go back for a second. Donald Trump keeps, I mean, when I said before that the the markets like it when there's kind of like stability, Donald Trump has been one that's making it very unstable, right? And that's what you're seeing right now is that there's a lot of challenges going on because of the way that the uh, Chinese, you know, the, all this, all the um, tariffs on the Chinese, on China, tariffs on Mexico, tariffs on Canada, all the different things that he's doing with the trade war, and all, all the things that he's doing, he is not making it stable, a stable environment for business to invest. You're starting to see that now as well. And maybe he'll catch on and say, hey, you know what, maybe I should stop that for the next two years so I get myself reelected. But... If you have somebody like Elizabeth Warren or a Bernie Sanders that gets elected, all that stability that the that the markets crave, that is going to cause the stock market to go down, I guarantee it, and your 401ks go down, I guarantee it. And the reason why is because they're going to be change agents. They're going to be people that are going to tr- they're trying to reshape America as we know it. I mean, they've said it in the past. Both of them want something like that, right? Both of them want to get rid of all private insurance and make Medicare for all. That's their goal. And if they got that done, how much of your 401k and your IRA, how much of your investment, if it's in, if it's in like a S&P 500, how much of that is in insurance companies in some way? A lot of that, I'm sure. You're going to see the stock market tumble just because of that, I would think. But um, I'm no expert. Like I said, I'm just purely speculating I just I've, I've been thinking about that a lot. If there was a government takeover of a healthcare altogether, you got rid of the insurance companies, and then at that point they start trying to attack the private businesses and the doctors and the hospitals and so forth, and try to start taking over that, take over the pharmaceutical companies. A lot of our economy is based upon. I mean, it's like thirty-two percent of the economy is based upon healthcare and healthcare services and pharmaceuticals and so forth. And if they start attacking that industry, 
you're almost guaranteed to see the see the S and P 500 go down, the Dow Jones go down. You're almost guaranteed to see your 401k start to fall, wither away. So maybe Donald Trump is saying something correct when he says that. The only thing that you would hope for in that way is that somebody like a a non-change agent would end up in the White House at that point. I don't know. I have a lot on the line. I have 401ks and all that stuff. You know, I so that kind of concerns me sometimes. And people will vote where their mouth is. They will they will vote with their bellies. So I just wonder how many people that are not you know, principled like me or whatever would vote for Donald Trump just because they do see something like that. A change agent, somebody like a Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren would definitely affect people's 401ks. But that's all I got to say, guys. I just, I was just concerned about that. And that's what I kind of brought up. Maybe he is right in some ways, but I don't think that the entire economy that we have today is based upon Donald Trump and what he did. I don't. The only thing he did was cut taxes on, you know, he had those the tax cuts that happened, but that's pretty much all he's done. I guess he's removed some regulations and stuff like that, but I doubt that that did too much. Um, the main thing he did was the tax cuts. That's probably helped the economy a little bit, but it was already on the up, or upward trajectory at the time when he got elected. I don't think that it would have been that much of a change if Hillary Clinton got elected, but if you do look at somebody, I mean, markets love stability they like the predictability Donald Trump has been unpredictable which is bad and bad for the economy or bad for the stock market in some ways but somebody like Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders if they got elected I think that that would even add more instability to the stock market and that might make some challenges so hey but hey I appreciate you listening I am not an economist I just pretend to be one sometimes and I appreciate you bearing with me on that all right but hey guys Go ahead and subscribe to the show. Come back and listen tomorrow and you will have clear vision for 2020.